I was still in Atlanta, where at first my grand plan was a grand slam, but goddamn now I was in a massive jam. I'd stolen an SD card full of intellectual property, IP that could save my sister, but I'd lost it. Last I saw it, the card was in my backpack, and that was in the back of a U-Haul truck that, in fact, was heading west to Birmingham, Alabama. Not only that, Barry and Kevin were stalking me, boss man wasn't talking to me, and my sister was worsening hourly. My mood was sour. I had given the Uber driver a fake address and he was taking me there. It was a setup. When we got where we were going, I was going to propose a plan. The driver said, hey, my name is Terrell, how's your evening going? Terrell glanced at me in the mirror, saw my bruised and bloodied face and said, uh, never mind. This is Kill Switch, recording three. I call it Burrito. While we were driving, I pulled out my only burner phone. I didn't want to risk being traced, so I could use it just once. I told myself it would be worth it. It was only 22.30 in Seattle. I wanted to hear Teresa's voice. She didn't know where I was or what I was doing, but I knew she would be worried if I didn't call. She answered on the fourth ring in the middle of a coughing fit. I said, shit, that sounds bad. Teresa said, I feel like I'm Drowning, you know? Why are you always calling from a different phone number? Where are you? I said, I'm still in Charlotte. Terrell gave me a funny look as though saying, You know you're in Atlanta, right? I waved him off and told Teresa, The contract is nearly over. I should be home in a couple of days. When I get home, we're going to get you all fixed up. Teresa asked, Are you wearing a mask? Of course. I decided I should put on the mask. Teresa and I talked for a couple more minutes, then hung up. I thoroughly wiped my phone with my shirt. When Terrell hit the freeway off-ramp, I rolled down the window and... hesitated. It was my only burner, but I couldn't risk it. So I tossed the phone under the grass on the side of the road. Terrell said, What the fuck you just do? I immediately knew I blew it. I needed to be inconspicuous, not memorable. What's more memorable than someone throwing a perfectly good phone out the window? I looked at Terrell and lied. I said, I was upset. He shook his head and said, Shit, man, you could have given it to me. I didn't tell Terrell what would have happened if he was caught with it. A few miles later, Terrell stopped in front of my fake destination. He was now between rides, technically off the clock. I leaned forward, stuck my arm out, and waved 50 $20 bills in front of him. I said, Drive me to Birmingham right now, and these are yours. Thousand bucks. Terrell wore a mask, so all I could see were his eyes and eyebrows, but it was enough to know the answer was yes, before he ever said a word. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Two hours later, Terrell and I were on the outskirts of Birmingham, Alabama. Terrell dropped me off at the first U-Haul location I could find via Google. It was 0500. Terrell's eyes and eyebrows said, I'm thrilled you're not a serial killer. His mouth said, thanks for the money. I got out. 
He drove off. I walked around the dealership in the dark. I assumed the U-Haul employee I met a couple hours before in the gas station bathroom was going directly to a U-Haul dealership, probably to drop off trucks someone had reserved for first thing in the morning. He said he was going to Birmingham, but there were dozens of U-Haul locations all over the region, and I didn't know which one. I was going to have to visit them all, or get very lucky. I again examined the photo I had snapped of the U-Haul truck as it pulled away. I could make out just the last four digits of the license plate. Nowadays, having a description of the vehicle and a partial plate number was often enough. I hope so. I quickly searched the lot, found nothing, and ordered another Uber. While I was in that Uber, I downloaded the Lyft app so I could alternate rides and maybe hide my trail a bit. I went to one location, then another, and another. I went over to that one. No backtrack to that one. At first, I'd let the driver go. I said, thanks for the ride, and he'd drive off. But it was often clear right away that some of the dealerships didn't have the truck I was looking for. Eventually, I told my current Lyft driver, look, I'll pay you 200 bucks just to drive me around for two hours. Deal? She was like, oh, yeah, that's a deal. We'd drive up to one, maybe drive around a bit, drive off. Sometimes I'd get out to take a closer look. Sometimes it was clear there was no reason to even get out. One time, we passed a dealership that wasn't even on a map. Not in a map app. Others we didn't even know how to get to. Like, there were fences and buildings, but... Ah! One place, the Lyft driver wasn't willing to take me. Google Maps sent us to Legion Field, original home of the Iron Bowl football game. So I switched to Apple Maps, and it sent us to the statue called the Vulcan, which, if you've ever been to Birmingham, is so totally not a U-Haul dealership. It was so frustrating. Doing this, we searched more than a dozen U-Haul neighborhood dealers before they opened at 0830. And, oh, yeah, by the way, did you know that U-Haul doesn't open until 830? It was Fucking unbelievable. I always hated you. Each search turned up nothing. Nada. Zilch. Rapola. So I was like, this is over. Finally, exhausted and discouraged, I had the Lyft driver drop me off downtown, and I ordered an Uber to a cheap motel near a Greyhound station. I got a room, I showered, dried off, and at 0900, my head hit the pillow and I was out like a prize fighter punching a light bulb. <sighs> I didn't wake up until noon when there was a knock at my door. I yelled, No housekeeping, I'm good. I did not need housekeeping, and the fewer people who remembered my face, the better. The banging continued. I yelled again, No housekeeping! I heard the door unlock. It started to open. Oh shit. Maybe it wasn't housekeeping. I jumped up and oh, that hurt. Twelve hours before, I had jumped out of a moving car and I was very stiff. It sucked so much I could barely stand erect. I didn't make it to the door in time to block it. It swung wide open, fingers banging on the knob. I'd blown it. There I stood, naked as a jaybird. The door swung wide open, and there was a woman standing there. We stood like that for a moment, the woman and I. I had hoped no one at this motel would notice me. Now, to avoid looking below my waist, this housekeeper was staring at my face with effort. Behind her, another motel guest, a woman, glanced in my room as she walked by, stopped, did a double take, lingered, giggled, and whacked off. Uh, uh, walked off. 
Sorry. Housekeeper took out her earbuds. Music playing so loudly, I could almost feel the bass. I said, I don't require housekeeping at this time. She nodded and started backing out, fighting to hold eye contact. I said, oh, wait, uh, actually, I could use some extra coffee and creamer, if that's okay. The housekeeper reached behind, felt around her car, grabbed a handful of creamer and coffee packets and reached them out to hand them to me. We couldn't reach. We were too far apart. She took an awkward step closer at the same time. I took an awkward step closer. Oh, shoot. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Oh. Uh, yeah. We kind of ran into each other. I apologized like 10 million times. She looked thoroughly annoyed. She spun around, shook her head sadly, and said, Second time it's happened today, honey. Second time today. I was supposed to be in Seattle by now, but I was in Alabama. I knew each hour I was late, the worse Teresa's condition would get. Bossman95 had a bunch of stats that backed up how quickly we needed to get the data on that SD card. And I didn't even know where the SD card was right now. If I didn't get that data back to Bossman95, Teresa would die, and it would be my fault. I turned on the TV and made coffee. No time for sleep. I needed to track my pack and get it back. I picked up my non-burner iPhone to call the U-Haul Customer Service Center at the same time the phone dinged. It was a message from Bossman95. I was afraid to read it. So I didn't. I had to focus. I downloaded a caller ID spoofing app and used my iPhone to make a call. I swore I'd never do that, but I did. I dialed the U-Haul 1-800 customer care number and I was immediately... Please hold. Yeah. I sat there thinking about how it had come to this. I crossed a line last night. I committed a felony. Uh, felonies, plural. In early January, Teresa came home from her job at a nursing home. It was Friday. By Sunday, she had a roaring fever, couldn't taste or smell, and was gasping for breath. Way back then, we didn't know what she had, and the antibiotics she was given didn't help at all. She was one of the first coronavirus patients in the entire United States. She needed a ventilator, but none were available. In frustration, I posted about it on Dark World forums and a user with the handle Bossman95 DM'd me. He made me an offer. The gist of the offer was this. Bossman95 had scientists who could create a vaccine and a cure. In exchange, he needed some data that was on an SD card in a lockdown secure facility in Georgia part of some lab work Johnson & Johnson had created, but were sitting on until more people became sick and the demand went up, according to Bossman95. He said the cure should be open source and free for everyone, and I agreed. For Teresa's sake, I said I'd do it. Your call is very important to us. Please hold. I looked at the time on my phone. I had been waiting for over two hours and 15 minutes. You call this customer service crazy? I peeked out my motel window. There was a Mexican restaurant across the street. My stomach rumbled. Five minutes later, I was still on hold with U-Haul and in line at Taqueria Jalisco. My stomach gurgled loudly, attracting more attention than I wanted. The woman behind me giggled. I'd heard that giggle before. Next door to this taqueria was a Greyhound bus station. My plan was to find my backpack, come back here, and take the Greyhound bus to anywhere with a small airport with bad security and a flight to Seattle. Something like Jackson, Mississippi, or Little Rock, Arkansas. Was Greyhound safe? I don't know. 
Major airports were risky, I knew that. Hitchhiking left me too vulnerable, and Amtrak would take a month just to travel once around the block. I was still on hold when I got my Mexican takeout. They wouldn't let us stay in the restaurant, so I turned around to leave and nearly ran into the woman who had giggled. She was standing close enough to listen to my thoughts. Hello, social distancing. She and I did that little dance as I tried to get by. She definitely danced left as I awkwardly knockered right. I swore she was polite. We stood frozen in line for a moment in time. And her eyes, blonde hair under a baseball cap, COVID mask, her eyes were the only thing I could see. I said, or something like that. I always freeze in front of beautiful women. We stood back and she made a point to look me up and down and part of the way back up again. And I recognized her. There was a woman walking by my room during the housekeeper incident. She said, your collar is all bent and reached out and fixed it. Don't you think it's weird when strangers think they can just touch you? Like strangers who pat a pregnant lady's belly. It's like boundaries, people. Having said that, she had seen me naked, so maybe she no longer considered me a stranger. I don't know. She fixed my collar, then patted my shoulder, and her hand lingered. She said, all fixed, as the blood rushed to my focus. Focus on Teresa. Beneath a mask, her smile went from polite to southern polite. I was going to need a cold shower. Please hold. Through all of that, I was still... On hold with a U-Haul. I mean, fuck. I walked to the crosswalk and my phone buzzed. I looked at the screen. Incoming call. Bossman 95's emergency number. Oh, no. The brake flash. Shit is hitting the fan number. The do not call this number unless the world has gone completely in the toilet phone number. Which I guess the world had gone in the toilet. Needless to say... Bossman had never actually called me before. In fact, I had only ever messaged with Bossman95. No phone calls, no Zoom, no face-to-face. -face. Never met him, no idea what he looked like or sounded like or if he was a little kid punking the biggest prank ever. But I had to focus. Priority was getting that SD card back and that meant talking to U-Haul if they'd ever answer. I also didn't want to lie to Bossman95, and the truth was, I'd lost the SD card he'd sent me to steal. Bossman95 hung up before it went to voicemail. I was thinking about all that, and I didn't notice the stoplight change or the crosswalk go from stop to walk to stop again. I just stood there like a fool. The midday summer sun beat down on my neck and back, and Bossman95 called again. Wonderful. He was upset. I could tell by the angry way the phone rang. I hit decline and stayed on the phone with U-Haul. Approaching three hours, now. I was going to need to find a charger. The giggling woman from the taqueria walked up next to me and said, Long light. I just smiled, which was stupid because I was wearing a mask and she probably couldn't tell. She said, Hey, do you want to eat in my room? Did I want to? A billion times yes, I wanted to, but focus... I had to focus on Teresa. I knew if I stood there any longer, I'd cave and go eat this woman. Eat with this woman. I had to focus. So before the woman could say anything else, I found a gap in traffic and crossed the road. Except I didn't see this one fast-moving car obscured by another car in a different lane. I got in the middle of the intersection and, oh God, oh God, the woman yelled, look out. 
dropped my phone. Fuck. The case that was supposed to protect it blew off the moment it hit the road. Cars flew by, not stopping at all. I froggered through traffic, dodged several cars, picked up my phone, dropped my burrito, out came most of the Spanish rice. No, not the rice. That's my favorite part. I picked it up, danced out of the way of a swerving RV, and ran back to the curb. The same curb I started from. The curb with the once giggling woman who has been hitting on me. I looked at my phone. Fuck. The screen was shattered. Ugh. The call with U-Haul had dropped. The woman's eyes were now alarmed. She said, Are you mental? So that's it for this recording. Thanks for listening. And yeah, am I mental? Yes. Yes, I think I am. Thanks for your concern. For more on the Killswitch series, visit hansanderson.com slash killswitch. From there, you can also help support these stories by checking out my Patreon. Links are in the show notes.